Hey everybody, Chris here. I'm no longer a handler because Misha's running the game going forward, so I'm just lonely old player Chris. But I'm here to say thank you to the folks who joined us on Patreon this week. Um, we're still trying to work out exactly how we're going to thank everybody. Uh, obviously, there we've got a handful of episodes in the, the uh, can, and so I think for the first couple it's going to be myself giving you a shout-out at the beginning, maybe the end, trying to figure out where I'm going to slot this all. But the main important thing here is to say thank you to the people who are supporting us. And if you're listening and wondering how you can support us, uh, check the show notes. There's a link to our Patreon, which we started this week. Essentially, we want to be able to upgrade our equipment, get some better mics, get some maybe some uh, better sound dampening stuff for my basement. And eventually, we'd like to be able to do a second show. Uh, running two shows simultaneously. So right now the plan is Misha is going to finish her run of Delta Green, however long that's going to take. And then after that, I'm going to run Traveler for the group. Uh, and that's going to be kind of the main shows. And then if we can get enough money on Patreon, whenever it happens, we'll start a second show. And we're still trying to figure out what that will be. But uh, yeah, check out the show notes. You can support us. It's $3 a month. We're not asking for a whole ton because... Um, I, it, it's more just helping us out, and if you want to do that with your money, dope. If you don't, dope. So uh, these are the folks we are going to thank this week. And if you're listening and you prefer me to call you by a different name, then let me know. I'm just going to use first names because I don't want to you know, dox people accidentally. So let me know. We have Taylor. We have Drowren. We have Miles. We have Randall. And we have... Yam Sates. That's uh, that's everybody so far. And thank you guys so much again for helping us out, uh, putting your hard-earned money with us and liking the show. And yeah, uh, without further ado, this week is an interview with Tom from Stories and Lies. He's the main uh, handler. He did the first arc, and then they just finished up Static. And uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be the one for the next arc or not we're gonna have to find out together but if you haven't checked out stories and lies it's fantastic it's um it's it's earlier like 90s era delta green uh very well edited they have sound effects that kind of thing um it's very polished it's, it's really good the characters are awesome uh and they launched the same day we did they like exact same day everything so they're kind of our uh they're kind of our, our fellow podcast brothers and sisters and all that kind of jazz. So uh, without further ado, here's Tom. Get to know him. Go check out his show. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to another interview episode here. Uh, we had so much fun doing the last one. At least I did, because I'm the only one that do is, does it. But uh, I wanted to do another one, and I'm going to continue to do these things, because I think it's fun to get out there and interact with other people in this community and be able to meet them and hopefully turn this audience onto them and vice versa. And I'm assuming everybody still listens to everybody, because the Delta Green uh, podcast sphere I guess that's the terminology we're going to go with. It's yeah. kind of small. But uh, anyways, my guest today is Tom from Stories and Lies. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Tom 
Tom's the name I go by. Formerly, I'm Thomas. And I, th- I think on our podcast, I think we actually put me as Thomas in the line notes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how this works. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like a, it's like my birth name. So whenever I'm doing legal stuff, I put my, you know, formal name on there. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, like, I'm Tom otherwise. I go by, yeah, you know, I get Christopher a lot. It's like, do you like prefer Chris or Christopher? It's like, I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like, care. You can call me whatever name you want as long as you remember who I am. We're kosher. That's all I give a shit about. So <laughs> it's good. Uh, so how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, re- recording. I said I was just telling you, of course, on the other side of this recording. I'm I'm using my microphone today in the proper alignment for the first time in its entire. I bought this thing three years ago, like <laughs> to record podcast stuff. Because prior to this, I was like recording on my laptop, which you, you, we all know you can't use a laptop microphone to record stuff. No. So I bought this fancy looking mic, and I've been using it wrong it happens. forever. It happens to the best of us. I mean, this is the first podcast I've done where. I've actually had separate tracks to be able to edit, so that has been a, a huge bump, because doing all one track, you have to make sure it's right the first time, and if you don't, it's just, uh, it's annoying and gross, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you do, hey, you do production, though, right? Uh, for the podcast, yeah. I yeah. have no real background. I used to try to record bands back in the day when I thought that's what I wanted to do was music producing, mm-hmm. uh, until I realized that it's a lot of money for school that you're not going to really get a lot of payback on. And so my dreams were dashed, and uh, I became a business major, and slowly been trying to find creative outlets for all mm-hmm. that. So, um, I, so I I used to work in college. I worked in the theater, um, and I worked okay. uh, I worked backstage. I worked front stage. I worked the light booth. I worked the sound booth. I worked the spot. Whatever. But I was doing mm. this. I was doing sound for a show, and it was it was the Christmas Carol, and it was one of the local uh, groups had their own Christmas Carol. You know, you know the Christmas Carol. Everyone knows Christmas Absolutely. Carol. All right. And they're doing rehearsals and we're doing, uh, it's kind of a run through. I don't remember, I don't remember what was going on because I wasn't paying attention. I'm in the sound booth. They're doing stuff and I got <laughs> bored, you know, as, as happens. So in the, I put, um, my own CD in the CD uh, player and I plugged my headphones from the soundboard into the CD player just to listen to my own music because I was mm-hmm. bored as hell. And <laughs> I didn't realize, of course, that my CD player was connect, was live was and, and my music was playing. Like a, a loud volume during like during the rehearsal, and I have oh, the head, awesome. I have the headphones on, so I'm hearing it on my headphones. I'm not hear, seeing what's going on. I'm 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 just killing time in the sound booth, and I see my my boss running up the audience towards me, like, and I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? And it, it didn't even dawn on me what was going on. <laughs> and so he came in there and looked at me and, and hit the just the kill button on the on the soundboard, and I I just sheepishly apologized, took my stuff, and I was. I was working backstage the rest of the show, and I was I was done with the soundboard for a while at that. Job. I I worked uh, in high school. I did uh, like um, production plays and stuff like that. So I did the soundboard for a Twilight Zone play. Oh, cool! Uh, and I did lights for another one, and that those were like the two most stressful jobs I've ever had in a the theater production. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, oh shit! Like I gotta get this cue right. Like I gotta make sure these lights are right and like hit the right cue. And it was a lot of fun, but it was nerve wracking yeah. to like go through and do so. Yeah, for us, uh, our, our light board was programmable, and and they they programmed the shit out of it. And all you do is hit the key. It's a next, next, next the entire show. Yeah, ours wasn't on. that advanced. We yeah. had like a array of buttons, so it's like this one's four and this one's five. So, yeah. but uh, on the but on the soundboard, one time for a play, I was a couple of years later. I was running the sound again, which I I regret again. I regret. <laughs> but um, 
but the director was doing one of the, I can't remember what, one of the run throughs and he was like, all right, well, um, volume at whatever, higher, lower. He was audibly telling me what to put the volume at for stuff and fade in, fade out, that kind of whatever thing. And it turned out that I, I had the gain too high. Uh, the board was set up. The gain was too high. So mm-hmm. just, just nudging that soundboard a tiny bit was a huge increase in volume. And he's like, wanted me to fade stuff. And I yeah. was just trying with my finger just to roll my finger on this soundboard to try to fade these sound cues in it, like going between five and eight percent on this soundboard. <laughs> and I was trying to fade stuff with that kind of a range. And it was, it was stressful as hell because I was trying yeah. to match what he wanted. And so what I, if I had time, I would have just adjusted the gain and give myself a large range. I could actually fade it, but I, I didn't. And that's, that's, that's why I'm not a sound engineer. Neither <laughs> <laughs> am I. I, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very stress, especially like recording bands too. It was a mm-hmm. lot where it's like I got to make sure I got the kick snare set up right, so I can record it, and then yeah. But oh well, that, that's why we're doing yeah. this now. Hey, here um, we are. We're in an audio audio medium. We're in exactly. Yeah, that's what we work in. I I know I I will say I'm pretty happy with the production value of our podcast and what I've been able to do. Like when I yeah. actually sat down and put my effort into it, because you know, like I've done four other podcasts before this one. Oh, cool uh none of them to this degree of quality i will say that mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely this is the one where i really wanted to make sure i i we came out the gate swinging essentially like we had good audio we had good, good quality kind of stuff so and you guys too you guys have great audio and quality you guys are a little bit more i don't want to say produced but you have a lot of the sound effects and everything to kind of go along with it which i think is great i think it's a a nice contrast to what we have going on on our end which is much more I'd say kind of free formish tabletop stuff. So yeah, we, we're um, we're a lot we're a lot more produced, <laughs> and yeah. that's good and bad, you know, because um because there there are some people that really they that's a turnoff that sounds more like hmm. an audio play as opposed to a, a live action actual play, you know. So for some people, it sounds like you know, we're I don't know we're it's we're not scripted. I mean, other uh, right other than the beginning, I do a little scripted intro for each of the shows, and I think you do some you do something similar for your show yep, too. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I got, it's Taylor that I gave, I got to give all the ton. Taylor gets all the credit for how it sounds. And then after Taylor, we got this other guy, Ged, who's a mystery. He's a, <laughs> a guy, he's just an enigmatic personality and he just comes in. He's a, he's a fucking genius. He is, a, he is amazing. Um, uh, yeah. You guys, it definitely noticeable the last, especially the second, second arc. I have you run in, I should say. So your guys' is kind of third mission mm-hmm. or second of the main missions has been a, a huge jump. So yeah, and, and he's he's just doing some stuff that all of us are like we're just we're blown away. We're, we're just yeah, we're absolutely just so excited about what he it's it's his his work. You know, it's uh, you know, we give mm-hmm. him all the credit. He's doing a great job. No, but you guys you guys set him up though. You guys set him up. He dunks it. Kind of basketball analogy. Alley oop him. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, what I like is I, I'll do a scene and, and in my mind, I was like, yeah, that scene was okay. Like I, my memory of it is like, yeah, that scene was fine. I kind of, I would have regrets about how it turned out. And then we'll listen right. to it, the playback later on. And I'm like, oh, that actually sounded cool. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and it's all the audio <laughs> stuff he's doing or the, or the sound, the uh, soundtrack or, you know, whatever the, the it, it really makes a big difference. And I'm, Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, the background music has been at least for us too. I think it. it I think it, for uh, for me, it kind of helps uh, add something over some of those lower tones, like noises, because we record in my basement essentially. So if my kids are stomping up above, uh-huh. that mics are going to pick it up. So like, I hope it kind of helps cover some of that house noises essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like I said, you guys have been doing fantastic. 
I think we're doing great on our end too. So it's just good to see the the high level of quality that's coming out of Delta Green podcasts. Yeah, um, it, it really has. Everybody's it's, it's changed. Out the it's changed a lot over the last three years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think every everybody is kind of raising the bar. I feel like as be, as new podcasts come out, people are people are putting more effort into it. You know, and yeah, I think you I, have to. Yeah, and I, 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 as a listener, I appreciate it. I, I, I really too. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. So, um, what got you into tabletop gaming? Was there like a an impetus or like a moment that kind of sparked this, uh, like journey into all all of what we're doing now? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take you back to the 1980s. That's okay. that's, that's how old I am. Um, and I, I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade. So I don't know if I'm 10, 11 years old. Um. And what I got, um, I, I guess I got it in the mail. I don't remember this thing, this thing called Olympic Sales Club. Now, okay. Anyone's familiar with this? It's, it's a relic of bygone days where they would get these children to do sales for them. That's <laughs> what it is. Olympic Sales Club was like you sell door to door greeting cards and Christmas cards and stuff and your neighbors and your relatives and people that, that, you know, care about you pay money to this company. The company, you know, sends Christmas cards. You deliver the Christmas cards to, the, to your customers, you know. Okay. And then you get a cut of the profits. But there's an option that this is how this is kind of how they got you. You could either take like one dollar <laughs> per sale, or you could get these points for prizes. And as a, as a kid, it's a prize catalog. And of course, in the day we had catalogs, right? Um, and for Christmases, birthdays, whatever, there's catalogs, and you would circle stuff, you know. Your oh yeah, the Christmas catalogs from JC Penney's yeah. and all that. I oh yeah, those. I love that stuff. As a kid, I'm like, so the prize catalog. I'm like, this is great, you know. And there was some great stuff in there. Um, I didn't sell that many Christmas cards. I, I didn't, and I was just, I hated sales. I didn't want to do it, but I wanted. Ultimately, I had some prize points, but not enough for any of the cool stuff. Mm. But they had in there something, the red box, the basic red box. Dungeons and Dragons was a prize that was within my meager category. And I'm like, well, what is this? I don't know what this is. And I'm a 10 year old or, and I asked my older sister and she's like, Oh, I've heard of that. That's like a, that's a role playing game. You, it's fantasy. You, you know, you fight dragons and you, you're a knight and whatever. Like this sounds neat. I want to, I want this. And that's what I, that's what I earned from selling Christmas cards. And it came in the mail and I, and I started reading it, you know, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I asked my older sister, like, um, do you know anybody that does this? And she knew a guy in high school, because she was in high school and I wasn't, who was a dungeon master, this kid, this kid, right? And she was going to bring him over. I'm like, oh, I was so excited. So she recruited this kid. I don't remember. I don't even remember this kid's name. Um, and I made a character. My, and two of my sisters made characters. And like, well, somebody else. There's four of us. And this guy did a game for us. And it sucked. And I remember being <laughs> grumpy and bitter, like this is nothing like I read about. This wasn't cool. This guy, I didn't, I didn't like it. And so I was like, I'll do it myself. You know, as an eleven-year-old, I'm going to do this myself. I can, I'll figure it out. And like that's what we did. I, as a teenager, as a junior high, as a high school student, just my siblings, my relatives, my friends, the neighbors, my whatever. We just started mm. making the. You know, we had I, I bought some more books. We started just doing our own games. You know, that's all we. You know, it's role playing, right? <laughs> it's make believe, right? And so there was a time when my mother, of course, had that there was a what was it the devil panic or whatever it was about the satanic panic. See, that's it. It's, it that had yeah. happened. That happened in my household, and my mother told us, you know, years later that oh, you can't have these books anymore. So, um, so I basically took them to my dad's house, but they were separated. I took all my books to my dad's house because he didn't care. 
And then, um, <laughs> but I didn't want to wait to only play at my dad's house. So I, I took, um, we used to make book covers for our school books. We take. Yep. I remember that. Paper bags, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like cut them out and you, you make a cover for all your school books. So I did that with all my Dungeons and Dragons books. And I would write on the cover Star Frontiers, uh, TSR Top Secret, Marvel Superheroes, uh, other games that I was familiar mm-hmm. with. And I would still play D&D. There you I, go. I just, I just hid it from my parents. <laughs> and my mother had no idea what we were doing. She'd ask what we're doing. Oh, we're playing Star Frontiers, Mom. She, she, didn't, she didn't care. So <laughs> we played all through high school. I, I played in college. Um, nice. You know, and... And then later in college, I got into the the White Wolf games, you know, the Vampire, the uh, the Masquerade, yes. and so forth. And that was that mm. was my jam in college. But yeah, it was one of those. It's a hobby I uncovered, uh, being a bad salesperson, and I've, <laughs> I've I've been doing all my whole life. I, I I love this stuff, man. Did you ever get into the LARPing side of White Wolf? I tried it. I tried. Okay. I mean, it's because I I did I had some theater. I was a theater kid. Right. Um, and I I like, oh I can do this. You know, I was like, yeah, this is my jam, but it's, it's so, when I went, I went to about three LARP events in college and it was so clickish. Yes. It it was, and it was, it was such a turnoff for me as a new person showing up at LARP. I didn't know anybody, you know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do it. And there's all the, everything's established. It's it's all, you know, hierarchy, the social, whatever. Mm. Um, And it's, it's, it was hard to get into it because I wasn't a part of that group. And that was, that was a turnoff. So I ultimately stopped doing that. Yeah, I have a buddy who did it pretty extensively in California, and I remember him just telling me stories of, like, there was one kid that would come that nobody liked, so, like, the first, like, within the first hour of the game, someone beat him in a contest oh. and killed him, like, staked him, and they just left him outside for, like, four hours laying on the ground because his character had been killed. He's yeah, like, looking that- back, it was a dick move, but at the time it was funny. It's like, well, yeah. all right. Like, that's yeah. my, I just lived through him telling me these stories of his LARPing, so I don't think I could ever get to that level, but who knows? Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's role playing and it's oh, it's, it's live action. I mean if you enjoy role playing and 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 you're friends with all the other LARPers and it's you know it, it could be, I some people loved it and that's cool. Mm. And games like Vampire really did um, lend themselves to LARPing because it's such it's so much social conflict as opposed oh, to physical conflict. So it made yeah. sense, but yeah, it just wasn't something that I I I, uh, I enjoyed that much in my yeah. my upbringing. I get it. Um, so as you've been gaming for this long, um, I'm assuming you've probably developed a favorite style of game, right? So are you much more into like crunchier style games? Do you like more narrative? Do you try to find a game that has a balance of both? Or do you really do you like just depend on like the group you're running for? Um, yeah. Like what's so, your preference? So I, I'm like 100 percent narrative, uh, but I mean, okay. I I love board games, so don't get me wrong. I, I like board games. I, and I could do a, a combat sim. I could spend a whole day doing a combat sim, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, with World War II or what, or mechs or whatever, you know, but when it comes to role playing, I, I, I like being in character and I like other gotcha. people at the table being in character. And oftentimes the crunchiness takes me out, takes all of us out of character. And, oh, yeah. And, um, in those games, most the party will kind of step out of character and then kind of out of character, f- try to find a solution to win the, the conflict, right? And mm-hmm. then they will manage how they want to do the combat from a third person perspective. And, and that can right. be fun, but that's just not, that's not really my jam. No, I, I agree. I'm the more I've gotten into the hobby, I've much more, I love narrative focused games or rules light games in a sense. I don't, 
need a shit ton of rules. Um, like right now, I'm running a Pathfinder 2e game, and it's fun. It's a great system for what they've built it as, but mm-hmm. it's like every room has to be a combat. Everything has to be a combat. It's like it doesn't. We can just not do that. Like one of the games I'm I'm <laughs> running for. Um, a couple of the guys, I'm running a another system called Warlock for them, which is a very simple, you roll a d20, you add a skill level to it. If you roll above a 20, you succeed. Hmm. But like our last session was them. It's medieval, kind of Warhammer-esque fantasy, kind of like grimdark. But we, we had a whole session, which was just them operating the mine. They set up a mine base, a mining base. They're trying to figure out how much ore they could bring out, how many workers they're going to need to hire. Mm-hmm. They go to town to barter. And it's like, this is a lot of fun. Like, it's like, I hope you guys are having fun because, like, I'm going the direction you guys are. This has whatever you guys want to do, I'm going to enable it. I don't have a story set. We're just going to go with the flow. And yeah, it, it was a resounding success. It felt like they were getting really kind of into that aspect of it. So, yeah, it's guys, hard. It's hard to quantify, but I've had some great times in games where we just where we're we're not doing the story necessarily, mm-hmm. but we're all invested in a scene. Like um, like the one thing that comes to my mind is long ago I in my Vampire the Masquerade game, two of my characters were Tremere, which I I don't generally like, but that's fine. They both want to play Tremere, so like two out of four people in the party are Tremere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, okay, you guys are in the same chantry, obviously. You guys have the same chantry, you know, leader. And there's the other, there's other characters, but the fact that they, that whole um, group of characters, the two PCs and two NPCs, there's four of them in this chantry, became a whole sub story. And that's, we, we actually would meet separately. I'd have my game and then I have a separate game night for just the two Tremere characters and these wow. two NPCs to say they would talk to their boss. What is going on with, you know, and what are we up to? What are we doing? What's our mission? Like the story within the story. Like, what are the Tremere up to? And how does the current story relate to their agenda? You know, and we have, and we work that out and we'd we'd spend two hours doing these chantry meetings (laughs) in addition (laughs) to our regular game. And that was kind of fun. We had a great time in character having these conversations and scheming about what, what they were up to as opposed to what the, the whole party was up to that that is that is fantastic um so i guess do you prefer being like a a gm do you prefer being a player what's your favorite aspect when it comes to a game like where do you prefer to be on the table i i I think i prefer to be a gm um and i i try to think of why um it's it is not and it's not because a lot of gms and you don't do this so i mean some gms they are the story right like and I've I've heard actual plays where the the GM is telling the story and the player characters are there to mm-hmm. participate in the GM story and to see where the GM story goes and to witness it, right? I've right. some some guys do that. Some guys get a great and I've there's some very famous guys in the Bay Area where I am, really good DMs that that's their deal. That's you know they put on a great show, you know, and, and that's their thing. That's not me, um, right? I really love to create something and to see what the players want to do with it. But um, I've had some wonderful characters that I've just adored playing over the years. So from time to time, when I can sit back and someone else is telling a good story and I've got a character that I love, I can kind of get in there and get crunchy with this, you know, what's up with this guy? Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm not a hundred percent, but um, I think most of the time if I had to, if I had to choose, um, I'm pretty comfortable in the GM seat. Yeah, I think GMing for me is my favorite. I just love the reactionary having to play off of what the group throws at me. I don't know. That's 
kind of a my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh shit, okay, well we're going this route now. How do I get out? Like, how do I get the story forward? What's going to be compelling from what we've set now? Um, that's always something I've I've found a lot easier. And I feel like when I play, I'm thinking about how best to help the GM out and not necessarily focusing on my character. I'm like, well, if I do this, that might like help their story along. Or if I go along with this or like, what can I do to help maximize what they have to help them out behind the screen? Cause I know they have a lot going on cause I've done it. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a, one of the issues I have playing is cause I've done it a whole lot. So I, I think, I think we do that. <laughs> Those of us who are typically GMs when we're players, I think we really do play almost like a, a GMPC. Oh, right. You know, like we really, like I really think about, okay, how am I move? How am I helping with the story? Like I take, I unconsciously take certain responsibilities for the story, I guess. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of GMs that either do that or do the opposite, which is where like, it's finally my chance to be that crazy character I've always wanted to be. And then they play that ridiculous character, you know, that they just never right. get to play. <laughs> so, so GMs can go either way, but yeah, I, yeah. I, that's yeah. I, I'm the same as you. Right? I'm always conscientious of what's going on here, in addition to what my character is doing. Yeah, I think it's a good trait. I think it can be good. It can be bad. Like I, I like it, but I also know, like, well, am I making this decision because this is what the character would do, or am I doing this because I think it fits into what the GM story is right now? So, uh, that's something I'm gonna have to work on with Misha running the next game of like mm-hmm. focusing on. Yeah. You know, okay. I have my character. I'm building him to act this way and trying to reinforce that that's how he's going to be. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But and, and I think something that we do, those of us that are GMs most of the time, is um, I don't think we take a main character role either. I don't. At least I never try to take the main. Character no, me role. either. I I I like. I've always liked support classes. Like when I play, like let's say WoW or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love supporting. Like I don't want to be the main character. I'll. If I have to play a class in D and D, I'll play a cleric or something that can heal or buff. Like that's just always been kind of what I I prefer to do. I'd rather let other people shine and make sure they're there to do damage than be the person doing it myself. So mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds but, good. Uh, are you running any other games at this moment? Yeah. So um, you- oh yeah, just I guess we haven't talked. Let me start the top down. So I mean, um, the the podcast that I do is Stories and Lies. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of my primary. That's it's something that we do twice a month. So we meet online okay. and do our sessions twice a month, record those sessions and then put out a new episode every week. So that's, that's my main thing. I have one mm-hmm. other game that I run on a monthly basis and that's in person. So, nice. and that's something that started after, thankfully after COVID. Because, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, yeah, there was, that's a whole other story, but, um, and my other game used to be Delta Green. I had a group of players doing Delta Green in person. And this summer we switched to Call of Cthulhu to do Masks of Nyarlathotep. Nice. So I've, I've been doing that yeah, since, I think it's been, I think since June. So we yep. once a month we'd meet like for five, six hours at a time and do a That's huge wild. chunk of the game. And then every, you know, it's four weeks off. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's, that's been a lot of fun. And I, 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 I love those players. I don't know if they're going to listen. Maybe they'll listen to this at some point. I'm gonna, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll remind them. But um, that particular group of players is like the most organized, prepared group of players I've ever seen. Like, and they wow. are just they are just on top of everything. They take great notes. They scheme. They plan. They 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 work at a game. They're working on stuff. They they put together this amazing jam board of clues for because masks is a, masks is <laughs> oh, a huge, huge campaign. 
And so yeah. one of my players created this. It looks like one of those conspiracy boards. It's like 12 pages, 12 screens worth of clues linked Jesus. to each other and all over the, every single area of the world, the timeline, all this stuff organized. And I, as I read through it, I'm like, I can't believe there's that much information so far in the story that, and they've right. <laughs> cataloged it, organized it, sorted it out, linked things together. Like they're doing a fantastic job. It kind of makes, makes my job both easier and kind of raises the bar too you know <laughs> you're like no absolutely i gotta i gotta be on it with these guys so that's cool that, that's how i feel about the podcast group i mean we started running pathfinder 2e mm -hmm. and yeah they we have a group chat and they created a subgroup chat where they just talk about their plans for their characters going into each session that's cool what they're trying to do i was like you know i love this i love that you guys are like getting these battle plans ready for these fights and whatnot because i do my best not to use whatever like i'll make a tactic and that's what I'm going to stick to. I don't try to, you know, they don't know these characters. They don't know that this guy's got really high AC. They just, they see a little guy in armor, like, okay, kind mm -hmm. of thing. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's awesome when you get that kind of group. And we, I really want to try Call of Cthulhu. I uh, I pitched it to the group before we did Delta Green of maybe going that route instead. But once they played Delta Green, they didn't want to play anything else, which I, I don't blame them. So yeah, and I I came to Delta Green through Call of Cthulhu, so that was my okay, that nice. was my entry point, and that was years ago. I was playing Call of Cthulhu, um, and I guess I don't, I don't know if we're on that point of the interview or not. <laughs> Should I talk about that now <laughs> or later? I don't know. Go for it. Do what All you right. want. Because <laughs> um, I mean, I had a little experience with Call of Cthulhu in college, like a little mm -hmm. bit. Because one one guy in my group knew the game and ran it for us a couple times, and it was always like horror story. It was horror stories, is what it was. It was, you know, we all uncover something really ridiculously awful and it kills half the party. That kind of story. Sounds about right. And we're all normal people. You know, that was kind of the fun part. After playing vampires and mages and werewolves or what, fantasy, whatever. We're not heroes. Mm -hmm. We're just, you know, I'm the I'm the postman. <laughs> you know, my buddy <laughs> is an art collector. You know, this person over here is, is the baker, whatever. And we right. uncover some creepy stuff in our neighborhood. And, and at the end of the story, half the party is dead. The rest of us are running and never talking about this again. But um, I started playing Call of Cthulhu again um, before my daughter was born. And she was, uh, that's, so 2014 is when I stopped, after she was born, I had to pretty much stop role-playing for a while. Because yeah, you, you know what that, nope. you know what that's like, right? Yep, I know what that's like. So for a couple of years before that, I was playing a weekly Call of Cthulhu game, you know, in person, you know, oh, kitchen table, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and I, I had a wonderful character I enjoyed who was a private detective. So it was completely, uh, with the genre, you know, nothing unusual. Oh, I was that. You know, and it was, that was fun. It was a lot of this, this linked investigations, you know, pretty tame stuff. Um, so then, but unfortunately that game broke up because, you know, I was busy. And then later on, um, couple, what was it? Five, six years ago. I don't remember. Five years ago, maybe. Um, a buddy of mine was doing a Call of Cthulhu game on Twitch. Okay. You know, like nice. live streaming a Call of yeah. Cthulhu game. And then the game had broken up early on, like eight episodes in. There was problems. Half the actors, players or whatever left. They, so they wanted to reboot it. And so I was able to co convince them to let me <laughs> join the cast. <laughs> so for two years, I was doing that like on Twitch uh, every Saturday night, which my wife hated. Yeah, obviously my family hated it. every Saturday night I'm gone, you know, I'm, right, not, exactly. I'm not at home. Yeah. So they couldn't, she's stuck with my kid, you know, and there's nothing we could be doing, no fun stuff. Whatever. So that was an issue. 
but that was something I did for about two years you know, on on camera, you know, Call of Cthulhu. That was that was fun, a different experience. Yeah, I feel like live would. I tried doing. Well, I shouldn't say I tried. I was part of a friend who tried to relaunch his podcast as a live Twitch stream, hmm. and we were doing it. We started playing Dungeon World, uh, which. I don't know if you ever played Dungeon World. It's no. uh, powered by the apocalypse, kind of simplified D and D, and it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was we. I think we got three or four episodes that we did, but yeah, the same thing was that weird. Like I have young children, and they're gonna pop into the screen every once in a while because, like, I have to be upstairs where they're at to watch them. I can't just disappear when this is happening. Um, so yeah, like I think one of the episodes we were recording, mm-hmm. like our Christmas tree fell over upstairs because it was around. I'm like. I gotta go take every tree real quick. I'll be right back. And just like right upstairs. <laughs> it was bad. My wife was here, but like, yeah, like she can't lift. Yeah, it was, it was a mess, but, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's weird though. Like I always felt there's definitely a much more pressure when you're doing it live in front of people. Like I, I don't know if it was just me, but like I gotta make sure if I'm gonna say something, I wanna make sure it's witty or funny or fits with everything that's going on. Like I don't wanna flub a line or anything like that. So there was an added pressure onto myself, which I don't necessarily think was warranted, but. It was definitely something that was there in my head. Yeah, it, it's there. It's there because uh, if you're if you've got a live audience, you you have to enter. You're entertaining. You're on mm. you're on screen to entertain. You're not necessarily on screen just to role play. It's and it's not the same experience that you have at home, where you can relax. You can enjoy the you know the you can the at home games are much more relaxing, like way oh, more absolutely. relaxing. That when you're on camera on screen in a fixed time frame. And there's an audience there. You you've got to bring your A game and bring your energy, right? And like the whole time you you know and just be be happy, be excited, whatever. Oh, get it dramatic. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and that, that <laughs> it was a good experience. It was like put on a play. That's how I felt. You know, I could see that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah it was actually that type. Yeah, so that was but the different, different, um, different style, different style. You know, yeah, even like recording like the podcast and whatnot. If we we don't necessarily do takes like if i screw something up i'm just like blah, 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 and i'll probably like erase the the first part where i screwed up and start again but i'm not like all right we're gonna stop we're gonna renew that scene we don't try to do anything like that but there'll definitely be points where i will flub a word or you know stuff like that but like all right let me try that again because i would do that in a home game too like yeah. doing an introduction to a scene and i screw it up it's like all right let's start over let's try this again where i don't screw it up kind of thing so yeah um, i but, think one of the questions you asked or wanted to ask me about what's the whole difference between doing a podcast and doing a home game, right? Yeah. So yeah. How do you approach them? Yeah. I, the, um, while the podcast, you, you know, you're being recorded, you know, you're recording it. So mm-hmm. I, I have a little bit more pressure to get it right. But if we don't get it right, we, we're doing it live. It's, it has <laughs> that feel to it. Even though we, I mean, we could rewind and do it again. We don't, I guess. Um, for better, for worse, because there's times when, like, the day after, I'd be like, oh, I wish I would have done it this other way. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, it would have been so much cooler if I said X instead of Y, but it is what it is. But I do I do try when I'm doing a game to kind of um, be have be more focused like mentally and have I, mm-hmm. I have less notes for my podcast stuff than I do for my home game or my in-person game. Like for my in-person game, I've got I got the books, I've got all my notes, I've got the, I've got those references, and I can just stop and say, "Hey, let me look that up," and I'll pull the source book out. We'll look it up. We'll figure out what the rule is. You know, I don't want to do that when I'm recording. So, 
And I, I kind of, yeah. I simplify it as much as I can. I, I wing it and I try to just keep the story going. Yeah, that's kind of how I approach it. Like, I've been talking with Misha because she's running her first. She's going to run the next, uh, I guess, arc mission. I, I don't know if we're going to call it the season. We haven't really figured that part out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, how many notes do you have for, like, this mission? Like, the, the mission we're currently on. I'm like, I don't know, maybe like two or three pages. Like, I really just have, here's what they're trying to do. Here are the key players. Here are some locations. Here's like, if this happens, then this, then this. Here's their goal. And then just kind of sprinkle in where it makes sense for you guys to find information. Like, obviously, I I have some key places designated and I'll have clues there. But if you guys pull something that's clever, then I'll give you the clue where you find it. But if you miss it, you miss it. Like, that's kind of how it goes. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing thing we have to keep track of is we have to keep our character names consistent, right? Yes. And there's a, a, the timeline of events prior to the start of the story. Without, whatever, yes. The backstory has got to be, you got to have that locked in. You got to know what that is. Mm. And if you know that, that what happened in all these sequences, you know, because your clues always relate to what happened in the past. It's bouncing back. And then any, mm. any numbers, locations, whatever, there's details. I got to, I always have to write the details down because I can't remember those. Yeah, me too. And then yeah. during the game, I just keep a notepad and I, I write, I keep track of, it's 10 a.m., it's 11 a.m., it's 12.30. Mm-hmm. And then if we, if I, th- if I make up a name, I just write on my notepad, oh, this is the name of <laughs> NPC I just yep. made up so I can yep. <laughs> hopefully remember them in the future. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like, because we, when we record, like, we'll actually have the person leave the room. So I have to be like, Jake scene, and then write all the stuff from there. And then like Misha and Cody scene, and then have everything there that they do in their scene. So I'm like, okay. You talk to this, per- yeah. That's you. This person, Jury and PC. Okay, cool. So, That's, yeah, but, that is so much harder because you, you, your players leave the room. You know, yeah, which, they go, they go outside on my front porch. Yeah, to where we're back in the game. Which is that's 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 I guess that's fun. I mean, that, that could be a fun experience and not knowing what happens. I, yeah, yeah. I think to me, like uh, the player Jake, he's really he takes it very seriously. Like not knowing, like he won't listen. Like uh, I guess I should say. So whenever we record. I will post the raw, unedited f- episodes up for everybody in the podcast to go back and listen to just because we record every month. So if they want, they're there so they can listen and get caught up. And he'll listen to them. And as soon as he leaves the room, he skips forward until he hears himself again. So he doesn't know anything else that happens That's while cool. he's not there. That's and I cool. really respect that dedication from him. It's like, hell yeah, man. Fuck yeah. So Yeah. I've, but, had, yeah. I've had games like that where as as GM or or as a player that, that we – Players, you know, take the game or the GM takes somebody out in the room, you know, mm-hmm. or there's secret notes happening. Um, but I guess with, with my, with my group for the stories and lies podcast, there's only three players and, um, and they're, and the nice thing is, is those three guys are all GMs, which is, a, which is a wonderful right. benefit that I have. Like all three guys I work with are all game masters on their own. They have plenty of experience running games and they're really good at keeping in character, out of character separate. And, oh, absolutely! And they, I'm, I'm and they, 100% saying. they just enjoy like they enjoy watching the other guys role play. So they they'll hang out there for 20 minutes or whatever it takes sometimes, you know, while the other players are role playing, and they just sit back quietly, observe, and have a great time. It's, it's oh, yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I will say you guys, your everybody's characters on that show has such a level of depth to them. It's like you're waiting for 
whatever's going to come out. Like you're like, you know, we got a little bit of the backstory in like, you know, mission two. So it's like, okay, well, is mission four going to be someone else's backstory. That's kind of where I'm, I'm excited to see as we learn more about these characters. Um, as for you running the game, you're adapting Call of Cthulhu scenarios, right? Yeah, that's is that, what I, is that's, that my understanding. That's what I've been doing so far. Um, okay, and it's it's for for different couple different reasons. Um, uh, one of which is there are so many more Call of Cthulhu stories than Delta Green. Um, and right. I have a I have a broader choice, and I'm trying to find a certain type of story. And if I don't find it in Delta Green, which is often the case, um, mm-hmm. I'll look elsewhere for it. Um, additionally, since we're placing our stories in the nineties, um, there's only a couple Delta Green stories that are canon stories that take place in the nineties and mm-hmm. none of them fit what I wanted to do. So yep. okay. I, I went straight to some Call of Cthulhu ones and just adapted those. And I've been adapting, um, the more I do this game, the more I adapt. Um, when I, when I first started running it, I was really, I stayed really close to the original scenarios mm-hmm. as I, I'm like a crutch. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel confident in adapting it. Right. And then as I do it more and more, I get more and more confident. And, you know, and they, of course your players, <laughs> your, your players will bend these and break these scenarios anyway. Exactly. You know. That's the, yeah. Um, what is that process like converting over? Like when you find a story, what's like, obviously some of the roles are going to be different because mm-hmm. uh, there's not as many skills in Delta Green as Call of Cthulhu, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, Call, Call, Call of Cthulhu has like the degrees of success where that's all, that's not Delta Green. But when you're looking at it, are you looking for like those type of scenarios that I guess, are, are you worried about the roles that they're going to have to make or the NPCs? Or are you more focused on what's going to like be a compelling thing? And when you're looking at like the, the, I don't want to say the monster, but like the gotcha moments or whatnot. How are you looking at that as to adapt into what you have going on already? Yeah, you've obviously got some sort of narrative you're playing into. Yeah. So how do you adapt those? So, so here's what I'm doing. Uh, I I I don't care about the stats. Um, I'll I'll use them from time to time if they're interesting. But I really mm-hmm. look at um. I'll, I'll start with Ladybugs as an example. That's our, that was the first story we did, and I think people are fairly familiar with that that story. I hope. I don't know if I'm spoiling it or not. Maybe, maybe I am. I'll try to, I'll try to be as vague as I can. How about that? So I don't, that works. Too spoiler. But, um, there's, there is a story to Ladybug. It is, you know, this is a, this is the original inciting incident is this, is this kidnapping, you know, mm-hmm. and the players are for the most part, your story is it's a kidnap story and there's a lot of motivations behind the scenes. Why did it happen? You know, and what's really going on? Those are the questions that the players are exploring. So I, I take, I kept that. The bones of it, the the kidnapping, mm-hmm. the back the backstory I kept right, and then a lot of the antagonists or NPCs I kept pretty much as written, and okay. then with all that in place, the world is in place. I then say I, I want to design my own entry point. My entry point is this. So instead of the players being police officers, you know, who are investigating the kidnapping of this girl, I made them people that were connected to the dead body of the kidnapper. As opposed to okay. the, the girl, you know, and they're there to cover it up. <laughs> That's their, their entry point is my players are there to cover this up. And along the <laughs> way, they kind of get guilted into, you know, we'll help with, we'll help find this girl. All right. Well, help, you know, okay. And the, so I, they, they brought themselves in. The, the scene kind of plays that way anyway. I can't imagine they wouldn't. And the, they, they've got themselves in that investigation. They got themselves in the kidnapping investigation. But the whole time as players, their, their objective isn't really to help the police. It's we got to cover this up. And then, then when they find out what's really going on. They're like, okay, now we got to stop this. 
Right. So they're on that page. And then there's a series of events that the scenario lays out, and I kept those pretty close to the canon. I, I, I embellished some things. I changed the okay. timeline. I changed the locations. But um, but I, I, I will change anything that I don't like. Anything that doesn't fit, I'll change it. Um, stats included. Like if I think somebody's stats are wrong, I'll, I don't care. I'll, I'm the GM. I'll, I'll change it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Know. So, and my, yeah, my my next story is more. I did a lot more revising. I don't. I want to spoil that one. Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I took I took the bones. I take the bones and the setup, and then I I find a way that to create my entry point, create my own motivations. Um, I keep most of the NPCs uh, gen- mm-hmm. generally. Um, and I just, just, let's see what happens. Let's see what the players want to do. Yeah, I think, like, I ran Extremophilia, and I think the, that was my first, like, time running Delta Green. Like, I'm going to do this scenario uh, cool. for a home group. And I you ran that on one of your, your previous shows, too. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so I guess I'll <laughs> talk about that, you know. Uh, so, two years ago, was t- shit, I don't know. Well, I'll go back up. I, I used to be on a podcast that I, I helped make this thing, so I shouldn't be mm-hmm. like, I helped make this thing. Redacted Reports is the home game I was running with my players during COVID. And we, gotcha. were, we, okay. we weren't meeting in person. It was COVID. We were meeting on – that's all we had. We were all on the computer. Right. We're playing online. And it was one of those things where one of the players, you know, who's now who now runs the podcast, you know, she's like, this is a great game. We should record it. That was, that was her idea. We should record it. You know, this is a great game. We're all, yeah, this is cool. And we all got on board with that idea, and then we recorded it. But we continued to meet online. You know, it was we're, we're, this is like the late 2020 where we're recording this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and this is you know, when the world is all shut down or it's just starting to reopen. But that's how we did it. It came out, I think, January 2021, I believe, is when it started being released. But um, the first story was Extremophilia that I did, and I was I was pretty close to the original scenario. I did a couple minor changes. But I, I hewed really close to that story and just let them, you know, let them, <laughs> let them explore it. Let them, let them yeah. lead it where it wants to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only thing I really changed was I had, um, the Benthic Corporation, spoiler alert for those who haven't done a, uh, extremophilia. Uh, mm-hmm. I changed like the lady they met to essentially be the daughter of the, bad guys for the next like missions i'm running for hmm. my home game That's cool. so essentially that led into this uh flashback where they played earlier characters back in the 60s investigating this cult that turned out that three of the leaders became ghouls and then they took new identities so then one of the missions was going to colorado to track down the ghoul who had created this kind of like utopia uh community like town uh that i based Roughly off of uh, Hot Fuzz. That's cool. From, uh, yeah. So, like, everything was super nice and peachy keen, but then there was that sinister undertone, that uh, whatnot. And then uh, right now they're in the final leg of it where they're fighting. Essentially, I made Predator in Delta Green. Like, they're in the jungles of, or not the jungles, but they're in the woods of Michigan investigating this other brother, and there's some sort of uh, watcher over this farm that's essentially a predator and the group has to face <laughs> off against so um is that reminds me uh, are you familiar <laughs> with viscid yes i am yeah i haven't run it i think i've i i think i looked at it i think jake has mentioned running it too so like i'm trying not to read it but i'm aware of it yeah because yeah. it's it's got a bug hunt element to viscid so okay. i don't want to spoil but um mm-hmm. i had a lot of fun running that game with my in-person group where 
um, they're all program agents. And so they have absolutely no qualms with, with calling the program. They're like, Hey, you know, we need help. Mm-hmm. They're like, we need backup. They're, and they're all investigators. Like they're all their archetypes. None of them are special ops. Every single one of my characters right. in our old home game were investigators. So when they first discovered the, the bug hunt, and there's a couple in this kid, um, they like, we, we can't capture this. The capture was the fun part. They're like, we're, the, we're, we're program agents. We're going to capture it. You know, that was, yeah. We're going to capture this. And, you know, and the program's like, yeah, we're on board. We'll send some specialists to capture it for you. You know, and so they, the, you know, the blue fly guys show up. They do their thing. They bag it. Everything is nice. And then they're like, I'll right, go back to your investigation, figure out, you know, the source, you know, figure this thing mm-hmm. out. And along the way, they tracked another one down. Um, and so instead of me just doing that, I, I said, all right, here's, I gave them all NPCs. I, I prepared these special operator characters for you. Each of you pick one character sheet. Here they are. You know, you can choose who's the sniper, who's the scout, who's the, you know, we all roles. You guys, you guys go get this one. This one's for you to get. Oh, that's cool. And so they had to then try to play these special operators in like the forest, um, like on the edge of Yosemite, Yellowstone, I think it is. We're like, um, Idaho, uh, Montana, that area. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I set a really wonderful trap up for them and ended up killing the whole party. And I was very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, as a note, just between us and anyone who's listening, um, like fallen trees and logs are really dangerous, like really dangerous. And, okay. It, and so I basically had them operating in an area where there's a, there was a bunch of forest, forest fires and a bunch of trees were all over, were all mm. over the place. So there's, it's a difficult environment, difficult terrain. There's logs everywhere for cover. And then I would just have the creature basically throwing and knocking these logs into the, the players. Oh, jeez. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah. dodge that. They, they, they nope. couldn't dodge it. And they were trying, they were just, <laughs> they had a bad time. Yeah. That that's kind of what happened with the, uh, the, the group at home. They started trying to sweet talk their way into the church, which was run by ghouls. And then they got caught taking photos when they shouldn't have. So they're like, yeah, totally. Come on downstairs. We'll show you all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. as soon as they get in the room, the ghouls eat them. And then I had the ghouls perform the ritual to like take over their, like basically turn them into ghouls. Yep. I'm like, all right, you two are going to try to get the other two agents now. Let me know when you decide <laughs> to do this. And it was, it was so good. Oh, I loved it. That's, um, that's I'm great. glad that everybody at the table was okay with that. Like nobody got super pissed off. Mm-hmm. Just like, I fucking do it. I do. You were a ghoul. <laughs> so, um, but yep. yeah, um, go for it. I, 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 I'm really impressed that in, in your game, the last story that you were telling, one of your player characters was hit by the withering spell and was, was just killed. Like, it was, they were, you just killed the player. Yeah. Like, they, all right, damage is X amount. It's more than you have points. You're dead. Yeah. You that, know, I, that spell is gnarly. There's so. no saving throw. There's no dodge. There's nothing. It's like, yeah. you're, you're dead. And that, yeah, that, I, that player was cool with it. He was like, all right, that's, that's a great death. I, you know, he's, the whole time i was i was impressed it's one of those things where if they if if they would have known that they were witches or going into it i probably would have given some sort of a save or whatnot but since it was just kind of like it happened it happened like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah so I, I again yeah i'm very happy with they were cool with it too because we talked afterwards i'm like you're you're cool with that right it's like oh yeah totally like I, let's do it i'm like all right awesome like i'm glad you're okay with this so yeah that, that, um, that was pretty cool so I have to get going here shortly. So I wanted to ask you one more question. Um, what do you like to do in your free time when you're sitting at home, when you're away from the work, you're not doing podcasts? What's the, 
What's a couple things you like to do? Uh, as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got a kid. So a lot, of, a lot of my free time, unfortunately, as a parent, you know, is 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 my kids' time, right? Yes. We do a lot of, and when I'm when I'm at work, I'm at work, and then when I'm at home, I I got a window of, of time that's kind mm-hmm. of family time, and then when the kid finally is asleep or whatever, you know, then. I can do my own thing. So, I mean, I, I enjoy, I watch basketball when I can. Um, I, oh, nice. I, I like movies. Um, I, I play a couple of computer games, but mostly stuff that's turn-based or things I can turn off easily. Yeah. Know, yeah. That's what, yeah. Kind, yep. of, kind of slower stuff that doesn't demand my attention, not, you know, first person shooters or whatever. So, um, yeah, I do a little reading in the evenings, but not as much as I used to, but it's, I think mostly for me is a lot of, um, un- unplugging. It's, I kind of like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I just, yeah, <laughs> I like to unplug, unwind, real, do as little as possible when I can. So no, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know the full extent of your job, but it seems like it's probably a pretty demanding one. So I understand probably wanting to get out and shut off and uh, yeah. not have to deal with stuff. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I like to travel. I like the vacations, you know, things like that too. But yeah, when I nice. when I do get some free time, uh, it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly the uh, enjoying my time as is uh as unstressfully as possible i'll put it that way yeah i i try to most of my downtime is like reading rule books or i just picked i'm started the second annihilation book um so i've been trying to power through that um and then i finally watched a movie for the first time in like two months which i was pretty proud of myself it's like i'm gonna start a movie i haven't done this in a long time so yeah 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 the wife and i will watch movies we watch them in parts we just okay. we don't get to watch the whole movie, but um, as a as a yeah. note for reading, like um, for this re- this current story I'm doing for stories and lies involves uh, the King in Yellow Mythos. So mm-hmm. I, I did spend a lot of time in the last three or four months doing reading, like in my free time, kind of catching up on all the old King in Yellow stories, and right. all the old ways he's that mythos has been portrayed. And kind of I did a lot of that because like, it's nighttime reading actually, which is t- was terrible for you know. <laughs> Because I'm trying to focus on this, you know, some stories are more modern, but a lot of them are 100 years old kind of stories. Yeah, a lot of, at least the King and Yellow one is all pretty, pretty yeah. old school. Yeah. So, so. And I've finally stopped reading that. And so I, I think I might go back to reading more. Sometimes I read like Masks and I know Thotep before I go to bed to just kind of keep my, keep it constant because right. I'm running mm-hmm. that game. And that's, that's two books. If you ever run that. Wow. It's, it's, I, didn't I, I think it's like 500 pages between the two books. Whew. It's huge. It's yeah. a huge collection. On top of that, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of NPCs, a ridiculous yeah, I can see number, that being a lot. and there's a, a bunch of items that I've been trying to focus on now: books and items and things that mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my mind around because my players found a bunch <laughs> of books, and now I have to now I have to know what they do. Do the whole. All right, this is this book is about this story. This book looks like right. this. You know <laughs> this, and they have questions about the author, the whatever, and I have to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Any anything that they can try to get a clue from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah, I think most of mine is um, like systems I want to run or like for so right now um, a peek behind our curtain. Misha's going to run the next uh, set of like missions. Um, I think it's going to be just one mission, and then I think I'm going to go back to taking over. Jake has mentioned maybe running Viscid. Uh, oh, cool. So I gave a I I gave a poll to the the podcast folks of like hey. What do you want me to run next? Like, let's figure out what type of game you're interested in. Like, here's what I want to run. Like, a sci-fi game, a met game, um, 
I had this idea for like a globe trotting kind of Indiana Jones style game uh, where they would have to like stop like Nazis and stuff like that. Uh, so I just threw it out to them. I was like, just pick one or two that you think is interesting. And there's a three-way tie between sci-fi, mechs, and globetrotting. So I'm like, well, shit. I guess now I got to figure out which of those systems I want to do. But well, that means uh, so it's just like <laughs> one player voted for each of those three things, right? Yep. yep. So I'm just like, okay, maybe I should get more people to vote, and then we'll go that route and see what they have to say. You should um, do rank choice. That's what you should do. Rank choice voting. Yeah. I got to figure out something because <laughs> yeah. So I've been reading like Stars Without Number a lot more because that's kind of the sci-fi system I think I want to do. Uh, that are Traveler, but I need to read Traveler more. But so I'm just trying to get refreshed with these systems. Like, will this make compelling stories? Yeah. Uh, is this something that the players are going to like? Yeah. Because I tried running Stars Without Numbers for a group before, and nobody liked it. They all thought it was... Uh, they were coming from 5e, so they have no powers, and all of this stuff was a really big change for them. But I think this group will be good with it now that they are been used to Delta Green and all that. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, one thing about Traveler, of course, is it's got the um, it's famous for the character generation system. Oh yeah, and, I, and that, yep. it's nice because once someone goes through that with their character, you you feel really attached to this character right. that you you've lived with, you know, through this whole process. And that that's a great think, way to get that. Game I think going. that's kind of a compelling part. Like I like uh, uh, Twilight Two K does that as well. Like yeah. you start at eighteen and you have all these life moments, and so I kind of I kind of want to do a system like that. But obviously, Twilight 2K, I think, hits a little too close to home with all of the real-world things going yeah. on right now. Yeah. So I don't think running that's probably the best idea. <laughs> with the war so. in Ukraine, it's a little, it's really close to home. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, well, I want to say thank you for taking your time to sit down and talk with me. Uh, we should do this again because I'd like to get to know you more because you and I have known each other like on discords. Like I think we, we, I think we originally kind of talked with each other at each other on the pretending to be people board. And then, uh, yeah. then obviously with um, oh, what was that? What was that podcast? I feel so. Uh, gosh, um, ver- sleeping ver- low, sleeping low, sleeping low. Yeah, you and I, and that's why oh. I think we both kind of talked about launching a podcast at the same time there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and obviously now your guys' Discord and whatnot. And then, um, so it's been good to like get to actually sit down and put a face to the name, talk with you, um, get to know you a little better because I've known of you and I know that we've talked in the past about certain things, but. Um, yeah, I think you guys are doing a, a fantastic job over on Stories and Lies. Um, I'm, I know that we're kind of podcast brethrens or brothers. Like we launched at the same time, essentially. I don't know if we started recording at the same time. We started in like September before we launched, so we had about twelve episodes saved up. But uh, I'm really excited to see where you guys are going to go, and I'm, I'm hoping you guys have continued success because I think you guys deserve it with everything you got going on. So, all right, thank, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate that, and you, it's been fun because yeah, we we started on the same day. <laughs> we did yep. And, yep and we've released on the same day and it's been a neat, neat little kind of journey with the two of our our shows going kind of side by side so and i absolutely and i i really i like that i mean there's there's not a rivalry i like that we're kind of all in this together and I, that 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 makes me feel good i i, I feel like this you know i don't want to compete with other people's we're oh, all, we all have a game that we no. love and we like yeah. to share our our games with other people and it's yeah. and there's room in this community you know for for many different shows or experiences or stories to be told and and it's it's great yeah there's no reason that there should ever be animosity towards like anybody doing this stuff like we all we're all doing the same thing why wouldn't we want 
Like if you're, you know, like, like I have you guys in our show notes. Hey, if you like what we're doing, check out these guys, check out this, like whatnot. Like I'm, there's no reason for it to be a competition. Yeah. We're all in the same space. We all, I'd rather us all work together and be cool with each other and collaborate than be like an asshole to people. That's just not my nature. Like I, I don't, I, I don't got time for that. Yeah, I, let's build up with positivity and build a community instead of pushing everybody away. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I appreciate that. That's that's really cool. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I'll we'll talk again. Uh, do you? I don't know if you have social media or if you want to give any of that shit out. Um, I don't know if that's something that matters to you, but if you got me, if you want to plug yourself, go feel free. I, I don't do much anymore. I, I I did. I was on Twitter, but now that it's X, I've stopped using it, and I haven't fully picked another platform. I guess. Okay. So I'm, um, I mostly just check into the Discord. I, I, I'm there all the okay. time. So if people want to well, find us there, I know people use, if you don't use Discord, you should. It's a great platform. It's, it's awesome. It's free. You can, you can do everything you want with it. So I, it's, yeah. you find us, you know, we're stories and lies, you know, you can find our, our show or, yeah, you know, I'm sure that's probably easier to find me. I don't know. I, and the, in the no. world of the internet, I'm sure it's really easy to find <laughs> people and, or Chris can put you in touch with me if, if that's the thing you want. I'll have you guys' linked in our show notes. So check our show notes if you want to check out their show. You guys have, uh, at the time of this release, probably you'll be close to the end of your third mission, if not the fourth, if, uh, if I have this all timed out, but we'll talk about that later. Well, it but, depends on when you release uh, this. That's, uh, that, that's <laughs> exactly. the mystery. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. We, we're, we're close to finishing in real time our story, but the release you know, is about two months behind. Right. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we're so that, I think when this is released, it'll probably be smack in the middle of that. But um, yeah. So again, thank you for your time today, Tom, and uh, I'll talk with you later, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. It was great being here. Uh-huh.